You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. I mean, Joe sounds very like ethereal, like he's a, he's Jedi, a Jedi Force, force ghost. ghost coming that's what to talk both of to you me sound like. Give me wisdom. wisdom. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, this is Joshua. I am the producer of the show, and I played that for you so you could just hear. We had some audio problems this week, so I did my best to remove it from the rest of the clip. Just know there was some issues, but the content here is absolutely excellent, so it's worth hanging in there if you notice a couple of issues going forward. Thank you guys for your patience. All right, you all voted, and we are here to deliver. It is that time of the month, once again, time for our monthly What If. And for today's festivities, I'm joined by a full house of of hosts my name is joe day i am one of your hosts here and i'm we'll go one by one and introduce everybody first off will say what's up hey everybody i'm super stoked to be here i am a fan of what if comic books and uh, alternate timelines and that kind of sandbox to play in to explore different kind of direction stories could take. And so I'm excited about today and today's topic and really excited to be here. All right. I am Josh Rosengrant, the the new kid on the block as regards this show. And I am a, a big Star Wars fan appropriately for today, especially, and this, this turns some heads and especially the prequels, but specifically the prequels as regards Clone Wars. Not as regards the three movies that we don't talk about as much. <laughs> and like I said, I'm I'm Joe. I love um, what if comic books. I love what if storylines, um, especially when you have something as expansive as Star Wars, where you can play a little bit, right? You can ask some questions and you can play this game of what if. And specifically, this month, you guys voted on what if Qui-Gon Jinn killed Darth Maul. And, you know, we know that that Darth Maul or that um, uh, Qui-Gon is, you know, Qui-Gon is this character that, you know, you almost think of him in this way of like leaving the people wanting more. Right. This is this character that had a single appearance in the movies and of course it's Liam Neeson he's an incredible actor and so you know let's let's dive into what that looks like if he doesn't die but in turn kills Darth Maul so Will I will let you kick us off what if Qui-Gon Jinn killed Darth Maul yeah I I agree Qui-Gon I think Again, Star has Star Wars has this nature to it that the the characters we know less about we love because there's a sense of mystery around it. Boba Fett and others. Even in a sense of like Obi Wan Kenobi talks about the Clone Wars and his master and those kind of things. You're like, I wonder what that's about. And so when Qui Gon Jinn shows up in the prequels, I thought I was like, whoa! I thought. Obi-Wan, had, his, Yoda was his master. What is this? Who's this other Jedi? And what's his story? So there's a sense of mystery to him 
in the prequels and and he alludes to like his backstory just a little bit and his understanding of the force he's definitely a mystic he's definitely a little bit more monastic there's the jedi order there's a temple there's an organized religion the jedi code that it seems like obi-wan kenobi is a rule follower but qui-gon's like listen let's just tap into the living force and see what happens here and that's what leads him to anik and so i think that's why he's a beloved character in this universe and and some some fans their favorite jedi but because we don't know as much about them um so i love thinking about this and i was talking with friend of the pod uh ryan does about this question because he's a huge qui-gon Jinn fan and and we were batting back and forth and we were talking about like there could be like a cliche answer of like well um qui-gon doesn't die he trains anakin uh, Anakin never turns to the dark side and they live happily ever after. But man, that, that just wouldn't be, <laughs> there's gotta be more nuance to that story. So he already, we already sense that he has his problem or a little bit of tension between him and the Jedi order and the Jedi council. And so what would it look like if he trained Anakin and they both were kind of underneath this umbrella or this kind of version of Jedi mysticism where they're like, I'm not going to buy into your Jedi quote, Jedi code. I'm I'm going to um, be more of a reformer. I'm not going to buy into like your organized religion. I know, I know. You're the Lutheran pastor brings up a reformer. I'm not saying that Qui Gon Jinn <laughs> is Martin Luther and Anakin is John Calvin or anything. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying like he has this sense of like he's not buying into the organized religion. So I think it would go down a road where, as he trained Anakin, it would be. Um, they not that they're going to create their own order or like a Gandalf the Gray or or like whatever like it's not black or white but but I don't think it's going to be a cliche answer of they just become a part of Jedi Council and they live happily after after so I'll start off there and I'll build off what other people think so that makes me okay. instantly go for thinking of one thing the idea of a gray Jedi. It doesn't come up much in the actual movies and, and things. I, I remember it being more of a, a Legends concept, at least as it stands now. But it's a very... I think it's the cool idea, and I think it's what they were trying to do with Ahsoka in the original Clone Wars series, although they've certainly mm-hmm. stepped away from that in her more modern appearances. But it's the concept of sort of a middle path that isn't the the very strict Jedi religion of only using the light side of the Force, but it isn't the, you know, use your use your anger and let it consume you side of the dark side. It's kind of a a side where it's like you can use you can use your you can use your emotions you can use the dark side of the force fueled by emotions, but you have to balance it with uh, temperament of the light side. And it's always been, I think, my my favorite interpretation of the force. I, I, I've always found something. You know, kind of fascinating about kind of the, the push-pull, uh, more Eastern religions that you to- you kind of get that kind of the Force ends up being a little bit more inspired by, I think. Yeah, because Qui-Gon is really focused on the balance of the Force. That's what he really sees in Anakin. So what what's going to bring balance to the Force? I mean, evidently, you know, the Jedi out- Council and Order aren't seen very clearly because they can't see what's going on with the Sith and Palpatine and the, the, the puppet strings he's pulling. So what what's blinding them from seeing the dark side emerging? And so what, what did he see in Anakin's bring balance to the force? And what would that look like if he was able to continue to train 
Anakin. It it would it would actually change the dynamics of the Jedi Order because you would have Qui Gon Qui Gon training Anakin, and then it's and let's just go down this rabbit hole that he he has mm-hmm. trained him to follow him, and we already know that Anakin is not going to be dogmatic anyway, um, because of his disposition. But then you ha- end up having more so another subset of the Jedi Order. It, it it could be um almost like um monasticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying Absolutely. to think of. That's like like monasticism where they are part of it, but they have their own thing and they're doing and they're following their own way because I believe with, with Qui Gon training Anakin, it would then bring balance to the force. And I and I'm I'm under the suspicion that that the Jedi Council would have well not the council, but I believe that Anakin and Qui Gon would have been able to discover the plots of the Sith if they would just continue their training as they would. Are you guys familiar with the uh period of Star Wars history? I think it's called the Thousand Year War. It was when it one of the first disputes between um the Jedi and the Sith. And it was very much a difference of ideals you know it would this you've got this one group that is discovering that you know the the force is you know if you tap into it through these different emotions they think it's stronger you know all of those kinds of things and then you have the jedi that had been that that look like the ancestors of what we know as the jedi knights and things like that um you know, I, I'm inclined to go down this road that you guys are are starting to go down, but I think it goes further down the road than that. I understand what you're saying as far as like having like a subsect, but I don't think that that's how it's going to sit because you have this subgroup that stands eventually in opposition to the Jedi Council, Right. Like, as we look at the prequel trilogy, we have this very clear picture that unfolds of the Jedi Council being the low-key bad guys. You know, the high-key bad guys, that's that's Palpatine, that's the Sith, so on and so forth. Like, clearly they are the antagonists of the story, but there really isn't much in the way of a hero per se, because the Jedi Council has fallen. You know, and and I think if Qui-Gon survives, and he's the one that trains Anakin, I think that leads to a Jedi Civil War. I think that leads to this subgroup understanding that they are the ones that actually have an idea of what it means to um, obey the Force and to live in communion with the Force and all of those kinds of things. And then you have the war, the more war-centric um, ideas of the Council, and I think it's the Council that starts the conflict. And this is when we see... In in my head canon, this is when we see a full on shift, you know, almost like we end up in partially the same part of town, you know, that where the council falls and then you end up with 
um, kind of a the history history repeating itself of the Jedi becoming yeah, more like, similar like to like what the Mandalorian, like prior what we saw the Mandalorians. You see the, this breakoff group where Republic one's era like pretty like fundamentalist, where they even have in the upcoming season where. Um, that one Mandalorian's calling them like a cult because they're just way, way like never take your helmet off. And so you have this division between the two. I like the idea of like a Jedi civil war where you have some are like, nope, this is the code. We're going to live by it. We're going to be fundamentalists by it. We're even going to have an Inquisition that's going to like, like quiz you on what is right or not. And then you have the other group who are more monastic or, or maybe more progressive or whatever. And they're going to kind of like, so I like this idea of, um, Jedi Civil War, what that would look like. And maybe Palpatine's behind the scenes where he's trying to manipulate that side uh, of of it too and, and see who he can pick off to join the dark side to have their own army or whatever. <laughs> see, I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw something spicy out there for you guys to unpack. I don't think Palpatine survives this. I don't think we see Palpatine continuing on because if you think about it for a second... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a um uh, uh kind of a prolonged thing, right? This continued falling out between the two different sides of the Jedi and all of that, that you end up, you know, at first with what seems like a more united front, and then you know they shot their shot, right? They they sent out Maul, Maul attacks, Maul gets killed. Well, the cat's out of the bag. You've un- you've rung that bell now. You know that the dark side exists. And so I think they n- are become a non a non issue. And I-, I think that this the, you know, it's kind of that prolonged sense of peace that's going to give the perfect opportunity for the cracks in the armor to to show and the differences on how they process this whole thing to show because if you have a common enemy then it's more united right that there's a a distraction if you will but if there's no distraction then suddenly the door is wide open for dissension to start to brew and things like that and The one thing I'll push back against with with what you said, Will, I don't think it's so much about reforming. I think it's about destroying the system. Deconstruction. A complete deconstruction. Not reforming. What is in in the form of the council gets wiped out. And we go Right. See, I think you're right. I think in the end, I I think both the Jedi Council and what remains of the Sith end up being completely wiped out in this scenario. I think what I think I think what most likely that is going to happen is that since the Jedi and the Sith now are you know both fully aware of each other, um, you know excluding Palpatine's kind of cover, uh, I think they end up destroying each other in some sense. You know maybe maybe one group maybe, like maybe the Jedi you know successfully they have they have the numbers advantage, and so they actually do wipe out the Sith. Ooh. Okay, great. Now they have no enemy, and if you look at it from the Force perspective, they have completely unbalanced the Force. So I think at that point, they leave themselves open to just either destroying themselves from the inside, or for what I'm just going to call like the, the gray center mass to just kind of 
overwhelm and take and over, i think the last jedi tried to play with that a little new, bit like kind of the gray kind of the, aspect the and, you know i have my thoughts about last jedi and what area. they did with skywalker um but but i think they were trying to go down that road a little bit whether they successfully did that or not is you know up for debate but um kino so where do you fall on the spectrum of total deconstruction or reform <laughs> mm. So hold on. So so Joe, I got I got to push back on you're saying that Palpatine would would be a non-factor in this when Palpatine is the main factor in all of it. And yes, the Jedi. Uh, yes, the Jedi are aware of the Sith because of Maul is out. However, Palpatine has been groomed to work in both systems at the same time to manipulate everything to to. And that's just bring it about to his will. And I I see that with the death of Maul and Qui-Gon living, Palpatine just finds another apprentice, but it won't be Dooku. Yeah, it won't be Dooku. Now Dooku would probably join still because of his distance with the with the uh uh the Galactic um Senate. Yes, yes, but but I don't think that Palpatine would make yeah, Dooku his, his apprentice. I think that was he would probably master in the end fighting that does happen is sway a couple right? of Jedi's to come over um, to his side. So yeah, he he definitely comes into play in some kind of scenario here with that. But yeah, yeah. So I'll push back. The main reason why Palpatine's able to do what he's to do what he does is because of the Jedi's hubris, because of their ego. Like, yes, he is a significant player and he's smart and all of in cunning and talented and all of these things. Right. But I have to. And, and this is one of those areas where the way I process the world absolutely comes into play here with how I view this situation. If anybody has heard me preach, you know that one of the big things that I drive home is kingdom. I, I talk about that aspect of it. Um, Josh brought it up, right? That there are aspects of this that reflect more Eastern religions. Crazy, the religion that we all practice is in fact an Eastern religion. So that's kind of where my mind goes. So I would be inclined to think in that sort of way about this whole thing. So to me, when I see something like the Jedi Council, right? I see egotism, I see... Uh, the the door wide open for somebody who is cunning, for somebody who is manipulative to just move the pieces around, right? Now, if you have this other X Factor group that understands that emotions aren't inherently bad, but it's more of a bringing the totality of who you are, your existence in line with this thing, they're no longer blinded by some ulterior motive and they're able to see clearly to the point where I think all of the political machinations and all of those kinds of things almost instantly become a non-factor. Yeah, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> o only because only because the, the, the council in of itself is 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 stuck on their ideals of we the have public, to we have to the be the peacekeepers of anything that goes on in the galactic uh the uh m uh, um uh uh i want to say senate republic. 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 republic thank you thank you thank you thank you republic and so because because of their ideals they they miss 
that there are other things that go on in the world in the force right. that they never picked up on. Like, like the, it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was this hubris, hubris that they had because there's been peace for so long that they forgot that there's more to the force than just staying on the light side. And so, and so I, 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 I'm, I'm still saying Palpatine was able to manipulate that through Plagueis because they understood how, mm-hmm. how dogmatic the, the, the council was that the stuff that they were doing in the outer rims never reached them until the trade federation happened until the blockade, all the stuff that was happening prior to, they never noticed until the trade federation hit the blockade. And we're talking, and we're talking where, so, 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 so I, I, no, I'm saying Palpatine is still a, a big factor. He, cause he has the influence. He has the money. He's been groomed for this and he has the knowledge and he has science. I, I'm, I'm also saying that, that on the dark side, listen, they, they're embracing the Sith. I'm sorry. The Sith embrace the science and, and willing to push, push the, the lever in their favor. You don't think that the Republic using clone troopers is embracing science? That was that was that was that was Plagueis. No, that's fair. It was it was that's Paper Top Palpatine Plagueis. That that was them. So so it was still right. them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but at least nominally. Yeah, it was but used I think when you consider that um, they might have had ideals of thinking that they were peacekeepers, but they're so concentrated on this war and becoming war generals and things like that that the opportunity just isn't there. The, everything, all of these opportunities that we saw Palpatine execute on and be able to use in his favor, I'm saying don't happen. I'm saying at a at a grand sense, if Qui-Gon survives and this thing continues to unfold, I don't think that they stay blind as long as they do. I think they realize what exactly is happening and by way of being clear to what is happening take out palpatine before he even becomes an issue and becomes this significant player in the whole thing like at least to the point of you know not getting as far as being signed complete and total power over the senate and all of those kinds of things uh, oh, I, I, I see i see where you're going um it's just i i'm not going down that road but 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 i do i do get that that in this in this in this scenario we're ending up with qui-gon making an influence outside of the council that then then which in turns influences the council to then recognize that hey we might miss some stuff but i i don't i don't i don't see that because of the ideals that the council has that they feel they must, they must uphold the responsibility of being on the council and and keep the dogma, the dogma and the, and the rules and the rituals going that they were unwilling to hear anything outside of that. And, and that was true when they refused to accept Anakin uh, when they first met him. That that they could have they could have said okay we're gonna give it a try even too though we might see some old. stuff it's, it's still ain't, it, we, it's um, not really what do you fully think, like, known that we can influence them. but they said no totally, this, but he just can't a little bit it. like he can't do it so do you think Qui Gon's influence yeah. on Anakin yeah is strong enough that even if Palpatine during that time was like hey because at the end of Phantom Menace he's looking at little young Annie and saying hey we're gonna keep our eye on you in other words like I'm gonna groom you but but like. 
with the father figure of Qui-Gon there for Anakin and not Obi-Wan, does Palpatine even have a chance to lure Anakin, the the chosen one, to the dark side? So I think Qui-Gon mm-hmm. is, he's much more flexible. He's, he's more bendable in, in what he does. As we've been discussing, he's kind of the gray aspect. So you have these very di- diametrically opposed sides. The absolute, uh, almost uh, monastic uh, monks of the Jedi who are just, you will not, you basically not feel emotion, you will not make attachment, no, 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 no. And then you have the exact opposite side, you have the Sith, who are like, you are going to just pour all of yourself into your emotions, and that's all you are going to be. I think that if you have, I think that what happens to Anakin, at least in a certain extent in the series, is he keeps being told by the Jedi he just can't, you know, he can't have attachments, he can't have emotions. And eventually he decides that, no, he's going to have them, and that the only what, and that if he's going to flip, he has to just flip. There's no, there's no option. He just goes straight to the dark side. I think if he had the presence of, you know, a mentor like Qui-Gon, he'd, instead of, he wouldn't just run straight to the dark side worrying about his things. He'd probably, he would be in a more, like, yeah, he might shift away from, right. like, full whatever Jediism or whatever you want to call it. But I think he would, I don't think he would go all the way to the Sith. I think that's the secret sauce behind the whole thing, right? Because that's that tends to be the the direct effect point whenever you talk about whether or not Qui-Gon survives immediately you start talking about Anakin and you see this continued ignoring of emotions and your emotions are bad right and you you have to focus on this thing and if you have emotions then you're corruptible and all of those kinds of things I think Qui-Gon being there and showing him how to keep those things in check is exactly the path to him being the chosen one, to him doing these things. And maybe you get a little further down the road than just immediately cutting, shutting down Palpatine's machinations. But if you're talking about this X factor of Anakin being alive being fully realized as the chosen one understanding that there is a blending of these two worlds it's it's all it's all over but the cheering like it's it's done like there's no there is no actual way that palpatine can stand up against that you know what i mean like i just think that if you're playing chess and you take enough of the pieces off of the board it doesn't matter how good of a chess player you are <laughs> that's why i love these what if exercises you know like you know what i mean he's trying to write that story in his head and it's not working <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's, it's no no, no I, I i but 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 okay so so if if anakin Anakin is not the chosen one only because, and this this is this is the way I'm going around it. It's because he was created. Now, granted, he is the best, mm. the the high he had the highest reading of Metaclorians ever. Yes, but he was created. He was created. He was cre- he was the success of Plagueis, and so that manipulated the whole set of events that happened after that. 
Because now right, the so Jedi now Order, is that canon movie so or is that Qui-Gon like believes comic that he book is the chosen stuff? One. Like he was created by the but Force, he know but that is he was that actually created? Palpatine impregnated Shmi. <laughs> uh huh. Shmi. <laughs> so 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 this 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 is this is outside of canon. This is this is outside of canon. Um. But but it, it plays into the storyline of um of of Palpatine talking to Anakin about Plagueis being able to manipulate the Metachlorians. Yeah, I mean, I the comic book mentioned something along those lines, and like there's a suggestive panel that um, Palpatine used the Force to impregnate Shmi, and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah, that tra- I'll give it to you, Kino. That changes everything. If you are if you are stating that, that Anakin is not the chosen one, um, then yeah, that probably takes a very significant piece off the table. In which case, I would probably change my tune. Um, but as far as I know, from a canon perspective, he is, which would also explain why. Luke Skywalker was able to do what yeah. he was able to do because when Anakin died, he inherited the the chosen one status air quotes. Now, can I ask a question here? Yes. Is it possible that Anakin is the chosen one Ugh. because, or he's in fact meant to Ugh. destroy the Jedi order? That is what he was chosen to do by a Sidious and B the force itself. Cause we, we've talked a lot today about how the Jedi order is, in in the sense it was at that time had pretty much lost what it lost what it was supposed to be and uh, to to borrow to borrow Will's thing perhaps was in need of a bit of a reformation so so is it very possible that this this was in some ways the best outcome was to remove the Jedi Order which if we're talking about balancing <laughs> the Force you have this yeah, huge yeah, yeah. Jedi Order well and I, I two and a half Sith. Yeah, I Basically would hope that time. the Force wouldn't like create. It's like two and a half like, men, but different to bring balance yeah. to the Force. Like I would New hope, to Disney like, Plus I think this year, two and a half. Six. There's a better way to reform and deconstruct and do that than like thousands or millions of people dying, <laughs> but I, I or a Holocaust. But I, 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 I see what you're saying. What are they, if it's going to undo? the misgivings of like the Jedi code of so, being too rigid um, well, you could t- and, and law. What, 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 if Qui-Gon lives, then that, the, it's a different balance to it. So I don't, I well, don't know. Like, you could take, did the force kill Qui-Gon or did the dark side kill Qui-Gon? You could take that his, <laughs> mm. so, so you could take the, the, original intent of Anakin's, you know, chosenness was to dismantle the Jedi council. But you, and you can allow that with, with the force being, you know, kind of, you know, not being, you know, really evil. But if you assume that that's Palpatine's influence is he's changing how Anakin goes about what he was always destined to do. He could always have been destined to destroy the Jedi council, but Rather than doing it in a in a in a peaceful way, like perhaps he would have with, with that's Qui-Gon. why I like Joe's idea with that, of like the absence civil of Qui-Gon war between the Jedi. Like I, I, I want that story. I want that movie. That's how he takes. Like, please, can I just please? I'm just a fan of lightsabers. So if we have like a 
thousands of lightsabers a... battling in a in a in a civil right, war. Have, like, I'm, let's, let's I'm do that as an alternate but I like timeline. The, I like the word you choose, dismantle. Like, you know, I don't <laughs> go down the political baggage word of like defund the Jedi. Um, but I, I think, but but like. That, like there's this aspect of like how are we dismantling or deconstructing and reconstructing and building up a healthy way and and maybe okay. that idea of of Qui-Gon showing Anakin how to deal with his emotions in a healthy way rather than like going full thing like Joe like Joe was saying and so then it makes me think about like then okay he he does marry um Padme and they not only have the twins, but they have more, have more kids. And, and like, and then all of a sudden like Jedi all over the place are getting married and, and having kids. And, you know, you're like, what does that look like? So anyway, I, I love this exercise. I'm having fun in my head. <laughs> so Disney, for those of the, for those of you that don't know, Disney has fallen into a habit that they utilize, they started utilizing more, um, literature to advance storylines, fill in holes, to shed more light on certain things, things like that. That's always the literature has always been a significant part of Star Wars, but Disney has started relying on um, literary adaptations to tell more of the story. And one of the things that they recently did was they released the entirety of the Chosen One prophecy and it's more than just this individual will restore balance to the force. There are aspects of this that um, kind of, if, if you look at history, it tells, it kind of foretells of some of what happens. So I, I think it's interesting to ask that question because if you look at the idea of something greater than right air quotes and in this case it's the force the force works with a flawed creation that messes up that you know they they make their own choices they do these different things and it's not that any of those choices kind of influence the force but it's the force working despite the creation doing what it's doing you know what I mean? So I think that there's some there's a level of credence to be had to the conversation of is the dismantling, to use that word, of what is established the inevitability, regardless. Because I think it's safe to say that even if Palpatine plays a significant part of it and still ends up being defeated, or if he stopped dead in his tracks. You know, we see the way that everything is situated. It's, it's safe to say that there's that the things need to change, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's lost their way. The dark side's doing what it's doing. The Jedi Council's doing what it's doing. Training people up to think a certain way, to act a certain way, all of those kinds of things. It stands to reason that the game board needs to be leveled, you know? And, and I think that that is exactly what happens if Qui-Gon survives. I think he and Anakin are the catalyst for that to happen. And maybe that was exactly what was supposed to happen the entire time. Maybe not in that way. Right. You know, maybe, I don't know as though, I don't know as though it's as, it, it plays out like, you know, 
the force purposefully put Palpatine in right. place and created this widespread genocide yeah. and all of that kind of, I don't think that that's I it. I would hope not. But I think, right. But no. So, so this, this is good because what, what we're establishing is the force always wants balance. And no yeah. matter who is the, who is the, the, the part that it has to play, the force is going to push to bring balance always and so and so if we go down this vein and then and and saying that uh if Qui-Gon survives and he trains Anakin and he's able to uh they are able to dismantle the order in such a way that it brings balance to the light side as it does to the dark side then yeah I agree I agree with you on that yeah yeah I think I think the the whole balance to the force thing it's very interesting because it could be done kind of two different ways you would either have to assume that, or maybe three different ways, that each each of the, the two orders, the Jedi and Sith order, could each find a way to individually be in balance with the Force. So there could either be some scenario in which each of them is in a separate balance and they both coexist, and perhaps that's 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 possible. Maybe. Or there's a version where either of them, you know, removes the other and then makes their own balance, which is what the Jedi seemed to think was going to happen with the chosen one. They thought he was just going to wipe out the Sith and then balance is just the Jedi's existing. Or there's a third one where it's, which I think is probably the most correct where both the Jedi and the Sith have no idea what they're talking about and that balance is somewhere in between them. I don't know. Thoughts. Yeah, that's good. I agree. I I think that that's the, most plausible of the three options. I don't think either side has the beat on it. I don't think balance is these two subsects trying to live in harmony. Like there is a nice message. There is something, there is something to be said for the underlying message of living in community and living in harmony and all of those kinds of things. But I think that this is where the roads diverge of us as Christians overlaying ideals onto the story and what is actually present in Star Wars. I think when we're talking about the Jedi, the Jedi or force users will say if, since, you know, Jedi is kind of a term that we're using for the light side. I don't think either one of them individually is balance. I don't think those two together is balance. I think finding, I think a, that, that, beginning as a rogue group being the combination of the light and dark is the the balance of the force yeah it's like you 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 put the the light jedi on one planet and those who are on the dark side on another planet like hey you'd stay on your planet i'll stay on mine um yeah i don't i don't know how that would work out but but yeah that that the exploring of the balance of the Force, I think, is key here, and the Chosen One. It just really comes into play when you're thinking of Qui-Gon and Anakin, if he survives, and whether Obi-Wan was successful or not. I, I just like thinking that maybe Luke and Leia, there's a chance for them to have brothers and sisters, and what that looks like. That's what I like to think about. So that's okay, what I'm taking I, away I from just, this episode. I just have <laughs> to bring this up at this point. Do you all remember this, this, this thing that is still canon somehow, and I... I can't believe sometimes this is still canon. <laughs> in in the Clone Wars t- TV series, the planet of the Force. Yeah, yep. That I think 
actually has a lot of a lot to say about this particular conversation because mm-hmm. I, I think that really shows the the like you know call it gray jedi idea being the correct interpretation of the force because it has this singular gray entity representing both sides of the force acting as a moderator between his two children the light side and the dark side mm. and a whole lot of that story is about the you know the squabbling between the two and about Anakin choosing between the two. Yeah. When he when he should have chose the father. <laughs> I don't maybe we can look that up real fast, but like I don't know what season episode that is, but you make me want to go back and watch that. Um Oh, I'm rewatching Clone Wars and I can't wait to get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I I think I'm going to pull that up tonight. I've caught up on Andor, so I need I need some more Star Wars, so I think um that that's good. Um but so so the 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 other issue is, and this is going into the same conversation, is that we we are always considering the Jedi and the Sith the light and the dark side of the Force. They're just one entities of the Force on polar on 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 different sides of the Force. There there's always there's always a middle ground, and I believe that Qui Gon was trying to find the 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 way outside of the Jedi order to see balance. But for him, you, you have to let go of in which we already established the dogma of the Jedi, that, that this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be peacemakers, all this other blah, 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 no emotions, all that other stuff. But also <laughs> again, the other extreme of the Sith is that you fully embrace emotions, fully embrace how you feel, your sadness, all that, that fill you. But, but we, we've learned and, 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 uh, and uh, Josh brought it up that there's always a balance, but there's always fighting between the two, but no one seems to try to go to the middle because everyone is vying for their own side. And that pushes, you have to decide either you're for the Jedi or you're for the Sith, but there's no in between. But, but I believe that what is happening now, especially with, with not, well, I believe they should have done it with Asuka, Ahsoka's yes. uh, storyline is that that's where they that were, that's really where they were building up to with all Clone Wars. Yeah, right, right. Which 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 is a good thing to show that that there is still redemption and peace and balance, even if you're not a part of the Jedi Order. It'll be interesting to see if they right. go down that road in her TV series because it seems like she's still doing that. She does. She still has a white lightsaber, you know, some uh, or a, a lightsaber that has no particular color to it to choose size. But I think. I sure that, hope so. I think that I think they'll do that with with her her TV show and and Qui Gon eventually does find balance. So he's the first one to be the Force Ghost, right? He's the first documented Force Ghost. So in in the other world, or he makes one with the Force, and then he's teaching others how to how to do that too. So it is pretty amazing that thousands of years of Force users, or hundreds of thousands of Force users in the Star Wars universe, Qui Gon's the first one to come back as a blue ghost. I guess he he found that middle ground. He 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 found some balance there. Yeah, I'm still salty about the fact that he came back as a Force Ghost in Obi Wan. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll be the one that's a, that says it. Uh, I, I wanted mean, to see cool. it. Me wrong. Give him this. I I just felt like it, it it felt awkward at that point. You could have done it better. Like I agree. Like I I wanted to see it happen there. If you're ever going to do it, that's the show to do it. But then it was like, hmm, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, too much had already been established yeah. that he never got a body, like a bodily manifestation as a force ghost. And like, honestly, what would have been 
a better last line for that whole thing to really accentuate some of the themes in Obi-Wan is have a third person be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> and it's a trauma response. It's not a, it's not a, uh, forest ghost, uh, but that's a whole other okay. conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. We have kind of laid these mantles of dark side, light side, and all of that on these particular groups. But I think even well, – we'll always see, like, the sum total of a particular sect of a religion or of a practice kind of does fall on its uh, on its practicers, right? So if if the chessboard is leveled and then you have this group that has found balance and found harmony with the Force and all of those kinds of things – it kind of separates from, I mean, you could have people come along and say, you know, you, you still have people who could pick that mantle back up, but then you kind of shut down the extremes and have the main practice of force wielders be this in between this gray, you know, I, I think that if this actually is how it goes, then we don't necessarily even have the word Jedi anymore. Do you think Qui-Gon think shows up? Do you think Qui-Gon shows up in the Ahsoka series as a ghost to kind of think about like this kind of I doubt area? it, but I hope he does. Man. I think at first, when you look at the cartoon and you look at the original way that they wrote Ahsoka, right? It was this huge deal that Anakin was getting an apprentice. And then they started laying all of this gray Jedi stuff onto her. And then they ultimately didn't end up paying it off. But, you know, you they kind of were building her to be that. So maybe the first time around, sure, you know, I, I, I'd buy that for a dollar. But I think now, no, I don't think that they, I think they've proven that there's novelty in the voice of Ahsoka, but I don't think they'll take it seriously enough to really press forward with giving her the storyline of becoming the first gray Jedi. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm afraid of. Like Ahsoka as in Clone Wars was great. And like her character arc was just fantastic. It was believable. It was the, the learning into the gray Jedi ideas. And then in every depiction sense, she's slowly drifted towards just being the Jedi. She's just one of the Jedi now. She's just, you know, she's just Luke 2. Like, okay, cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you that were wondering, um, the references that we were making for Clone Wars episodes are Voices, Destiny, and Sacrifice. That's the one, Those are the three. Yep. They are in the sixth season. Of the Clone Wars, and what, a and that's the first time that we see um, the the Force Planet and all of that. Nice. So we've unpacked these things. Any last seasoning that y'all want to throw on to this? Anything else to be considered? We'll start with you, Kino. <laughs> Which we know that they are. Yes, of course. Yeah. Do what if scenarios in Star Wars 
and yeah. and you could you could milk it for all it's worth because we will watch it regardless if we bitch and moan. Forgive my language. <laughs> yeah, just we'll complain the entire time, but we'll us nerds yeah. will absolutely dig on that. Yeah, just yeah. I saw the entire. I mean, the other day today. they call it the, the the fandom menace is getting ready to to troll. <laughs> the Andor message board. So they call it the fandom menace. And I was like, heck yeah, man, that is right. fantastic. So yeah, the fandom menace is going to be all over or whatever, but I agree with Kino. Like let's, let's get those out. Um, no, just make an entire TV series form. just based off of this episode that we've recorded today. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. all of the, what, just this specific, what if yeah. that's such, that's an initial timeline change. You don't Go even have it. to pay me. You just let me get in the galaxy's age edge for free. If you can let me go to Galaxy's yeah, Edge for free, go. that's all. Time passes to Galaxy's Edge. And there you go. You can have my story idea. <laughs> all right, Josh, you're up. Okay, so one thing, real quick, you were talking earlier about her about Ahsoka's lightsabers. If memory serves, there are actually uh, some of the red lights. She's, she's using white lightsabers, and they're actually red lightsabers that she has healed. Oh. If any, if anybody wants to think mm. on that one. Another aspect of her turning the dark to light, perhaps somewhere in the middle. Uh, but no, other than that, I think I think I'm pretty much good because the only other thing I want to talk about is adding into this conversation uh, the fact that Jar Jar is the Sith Lord, and I don't think we have time for that one. Oh wait, wait, hold on, wait a minute. Oh, oh no, I, I don't know how much time we got, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take thirty seconds. I got to say this real quick. So a friend of mine, a friend of mine who who refused to watch Star Wars, I finally got him to watch Star Wars, and I and he, I mean, he watched everything. He finally watched all the movies, Clone Wars, all this stuff. Right? He said once he got in, he said, you know what? You know, I seen a video that Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. I said, no, he's not. No, he's not. He is not Jar Jar. Don't do that to me. However, after I have went down some legend <laughs> material, I can see that. And 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 I'm saying to you guys that are listening, please up up. Let's do a what if Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord? Yes, that I there that, it is. listen. We could, that that ooh that could work. That could work. Just just mm. saying. Mm. All right, that's my that's my time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, yeah, yeah. I I just love going down that road and think again. Star Wars teases us with whether it's a line or a mysterious character that we want to unpack in our own head canon. We like fill in their backstory and those kind of things. And it's when they actually do those stories, we're like, oh man, I would have done it this way. So so you know I, the reason we love Qui Gon so much because he was only in one movie and they unpack that some. So I don't know if, but there are some books. I think um, master and apprentice is a book that, yeah. that they have for him. And there, he did some work in, or actually some of his backstories in the Marvel uh, comic, the, the age of the Republic. And then with this upcoming tales of the Jedi cartoon series, there was an appearance in the trailer of, of Qui-Gon and, and, and count Dooku having a conversation. So they, they, and these little short stories, animated stories, they may fill in his story too. So we'll we'll see what happens. And um, again, yeah, I what if that's fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll close this off with you know these are the kinds of conversations that are fun to have because it's people diving into a fandom that they love that's expansive enough to hold the water 
of what ifs, right? There's enough meat on the bone. There's the 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 universe is lived in enough to be able to have compelling enough characters to ask these questions and to go there and all of that. And so have some fun and and explore this universe of Star Wars because it is it's bigger than just any of the trilogies, right? It's bigger than the nine movies. You know, we've referenced it a couple of times, but I'll go ahead and give my recommendation right here and now. Go dive into Legends Continuity. Yeah. Legends Continuity, that is my Star Wars. Outside of the original three, Star Wars Legends is where it's at for me. And so because they, they tell stories, they they explore the boundaries of the universe and things like that. And there's even fla- ones flavored for people who like the original three with like Dark Empire and Jedi Academy and stuff like that. So dive into some of these areas and, and allow for the storytelling to sweep you up to the point of asking these sorts of questions. All right, so thank you all for joining me on another awesome time asking the question of what if, and as always, as we head into the wrap-up, let's go ahead and kick it to some recommendations. This time, Will, I'll let you go first. What recommendations do you have for the people? Yeah, I think... um... Kino referenced it a few times, but but the novel, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's canon or, or under Legends, um, but the Darth Plagueis uh, novel is, is pretty good, a prequel to the prequels. It kind of builds up Palpatine's rise and how he's, and, and then Andor. I just got finished watching the first three episodes of Andor, and I love it. I like it, and uh, go watch it. It's a different it's it's a Star Wars show grounded in the Star Wars universe, but it's different from the other Disney Plus episodic TV shows, and and I find it um, refreshing and fun. So I need to start that. Yeah, definitely. All right, Josh. All right. So uh, now this is this is completely off the topic of Star Wars for my recommendation today. Yeah. Although it does maintain the aspect of space. If you like space, if you like you know. Uh, role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. You really should try out the the thing, the new Dungeons and Dragons thing, Spelljammer. And of course, as most okay. things are, it's a resurrection of an old Dungeons and Dragons thing. But it's basically magical space D anD. d It's really cool. Nice. It's called that sounds fun. Spelljammer. Spelljammer. Yeah. Spelljammer. It's, cool. It's the name of their magical ships that take them through space. Although it's not quite space. <laughs> but nice. That could be an episode unto itself. Nice. All right, Kino. Um, just like with um, with Josh, I'm gonna take you off, and I'm going to plug what uh, TJ told me last time I was on with him, and it is Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's real good. I was surprised. The Cyberpunk is real good. First episode grabbed me. I'm I'm almost in. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Can't wait to get back to it. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I tried the first episode after our because I was on that episode where uh, TJ suggested that, and I don't have the same opinion, you know. Yeah. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> We're gonna leave it right there. That's fine. That's There's fine. A, yep. <laughs> the circus yep. tent is wide. It is. It is. I'm always. It's always fun when you. Um, can see the different angles of what brings people to 
the art, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. what people enjoy and all that. Um, I know I gave the recommendation of Legends continuity, but I'll give one more. If you are a fan of Star Wars, and as as Sari so eloquently put when she was on with Josh and I, if you enjoy asking questions of ethics, if you enjoy asking questions of humanity, and you like sci-fi, check out Star Trek. You know, you can. There's a million on ramps for it. Uh, you know, I, I think the probably the most palatable for most people will be either TNG or DS9, Deep Space Nine. Um, yeah, I think either one of those is is a good shout. But really, there is no um, there is no wrong answer when it comes to finding what your on ramp is. For that, what so if your on ramp is the J.J. Abrams reboot movies, Joe? Then that means that you know you have bad taste. But hey, it works <laughs> for you. It's my favorite because favorite. it's more like Star Wars. Yeah, Sarah, no, you got to go with the original, the original Star Trek, the motion picture. Ah, there you go. That is good. <laughs> All right, and so with that, thank you for joining us for another episode of What If. If you have listened to this and you have realized, man, I want to hear more from these lovely gentlemen, you can head on over to systematicgeekology.org, binge our back catalog of episodes. There's about a year's worth of content there for, uh, for your ear holes to listen to. And if you have binged all of that and you find yourself just absolutely wanting more, then you can head on over to patreon.com slash systematic ecology, where you can find all sorts of bonus materials over there and the pleasure of knowing that you've helped us keep the lights on. Until next time, friends, remember that we are all a chosen people a victim of priests. This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.